Hello to you all. It's David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message to those that are hungry and thirsty for reality to discover the ultimate meaning and purpose of your lives, actually of the whole universe. That's all on my website at ultimatemeaning.com. I repeat, ultimatemeaning.com. There you will find very unique writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me that you can read where there's a lot of print that's highlighted in red that are links to YouTube videos and so on that are very profound and amazing that highly confirm the reality of what I am sharing about from many fields of science and archaeology. These videos are very amazing and you will discover the meaning and the purpose for your life in a world that is filled with emptiness and hopelessness. There is a purpose for which all things exist and consists. And let me share that with you. It is love. It is an ultimate perfection and manifestation of love. That is the very source of all reality. It is what is reflected in all creation. We see male and female counterparts in everything. The one true eternal God is the ultimate manifestation and perfection of love. His love has such integrity, integrity and purity that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to love. What kind of love am I talking about? A love that always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. That as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is the very antithesis of corruption, the very opposite of corruption. That ensures a destiny of ever enlarging creative goodness that you can experience in your life with God and with his myriads of variety in creation with heavenly angels, and many other beings, and above all, your fellow brothers and sisters that have found Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, God is not so limited and so small that he cannot communicate with his creation. He came to Abraham in Genesis 18. Three angels standing before Abraham, Abraham says, I want to make you a good meal. Basically, that's what he says, and he does, and they all eat. And while they're all eating, he addresses one of them as Yahweh, the most sacred name for God in the Old Testament. In English, when you read the Old Testament, it's usually the word Lord and then God. The word Lord is usually Yahweh, basically meaning the I am that I am, the ultimate reality, and the word God, basically, in the Hebrew is Elohim, meaning the Almighty. He's referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, for God to be God, he must be in the three ultimate personages. Because he must rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence. And you have to be in personage to rule in those three ultimate aspects of existence, which are beyond creation in creation and filling all creation in all dimensions of time and space. 
in omnipresence as the Holy Spirit. So you have God the Father that sees the end from the beginning, beyond time, beyond creation, who is fully expressed into the creation realm in God the Son. So, and then you have God the Holy Spirit. And if God was not in simultaneously in those three aspects, in personage, how could he be ruling over all that exists? And so, it is good news that God is love. And that his love is so great that he came into this world in Jesus Christ and became a perfect a substitutionary atoning sacrifice on the cross for your sins. Can you imagine this love, how great it is? It has such integrity that it will not tolerate what is contrary to always choosing the highest lasting good, what is contrary to this love. That's represented in the negative symbol in math, which represents an indestructible foundation and also represents cutting off all corruption. From that is formed the positive symbol by crossing out that, which is in this fact that God in his love is so great that he always has from the infinite past had within his being the capacity to take judgment upon himself for his creation, which he did in Jesus Christ on the cross. He suffered more than you, a mere creature. He humbled himself more than you, a mere creature, and, was, and rose from the dead, verifying that he conquered corruption, that he could not be overcome by corruption. And I don't want to get into, I could go on to in-depth teaching on this right now, but I just want to share that briefly for those that are new. This message is to those that have come to know the one true eternal God through Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the creation realm, in flesh, in this world. It's a message to the churches throughout the United States and Canada and the world in a time of very serious crisis, where if you're awake and you know what's going on, and you're not duped by the lying news media, well, you know how serious this time is. We're on the verge of famine. We're on the verge of tyrants wanting to take our freedoms away. You only have to go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com or loverealize.com and look at the links on the homepage there to very valid news sources that will make you a good watchman for your nation because they don't lie and they cite true science. And I don't have time to get into all of that. I'm here to share what God by his spirit is saying to the body of Christ on this day of June the 30th of 2022 on Saturday. And so I do cast lots to get the possibility of any chapter in the Bible. And I cast lots with two different random applications to get two chapters that would bear witness as to what the theme is. The word of God commands us, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. When we come together as the body of Christ to minister to one another out of God, we are to seek to speak as the oracles of God. And this is explained in Revelations 19.10, which says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
When we worship God in great humility and reverence out of true love for God, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that results in creative utterances coming from the spirit of God. Whether it's through a word of exhortation or a song or whatever. And so I will seek to speak out of a heart set and mindset of worship. I've only read these two chapters for half an hour and meditated briefly on them. I don't know what I'm going to speak on. I'm trusting God by his spirit to speak. And I also choose a song. And today I also created the background for the song with the words. And then realized after I created this song that it's also the same tune for another song. I don't know why I didn't notice that. But nevertheless, the words are really good in this song. And so, first of all, we're going to play that song in worship, and then I will speak on what God is saying today. Thank you. 
wonderful song and I want to share now with you what I received today by the casting of Lot before the Lord so I received actually three chapters because I just couldn't see how those two chapters fit together they probably do many times I don't discover the theme until I start preaching but when I got the third chapter I could see more or less the message from these so sometimes I get a third chapter and it really does make things more clear when I do that so <clears throat> today Though I received Ezekiel 46 and Jeremiah 3, the third chapter I received was Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, first of all, I want to read 
from Jeremiah. Starting in verse 10. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but vainly saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord. And I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord. And I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when ye be multiplied and increased in the land in those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it, neither shall they visit it, neither shall that be done any more. And really, I should probably go on to read the last few of those verses there in Jeremiah, if I have it on that chapter. I do have it on... Hmm. Hold on here. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I do have to go back here one sec. I might have it here. Deuteronomy. How did it get on 17? 18. And we'll just continue with a few of those verses. Um, beginning with verse um, 17. And the Lord said, okay, according to all that thou... Hmm. Okay. That's Deuteronomy 18. I thought it was Jeremiah. Oh, well. We will have to go turn to Jeremiah then. One sec here. We'll go to Jeremiah chapter 3. And we'll go to verse 17. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it. To the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem, neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their heart. In those days the house of Judah shall walk in with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the north to the land that I've given for an inheritance unto your fathers. So this is speaking of the last days. And God's heart is yearning for Israel to turn to him and to repent and to come into a beautiful marriage relationship with him. His heart is broken because he loves them very much. And yet here they are hurting him deeply. And anyone that's been in love knows how painful it is when someone you deeply love that you want to marry 
turns against you and goes with someone else or does things that indicate that they are doing the opposite of loving you. It is very painful. It's a very painful experience. It's worse than having someone that is precious to you die. The Word of God says many waters cannot quench love. You gave everything you could for love. It wouldn't be sufficient. That's in the Song of Songs. And maybe I will turn there. I wasn't planning to go to the Song of Songs at all, but let us just read that passage of Scripture. It's the last chapter. And we'll just go there now. And let's read about this. It says here, starting on verse 6 of Song of Solomon 8, Set me as a seal upon thy heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would be utterly condemned. We have a little sister, and she hath no breast. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. And if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. Brothers and sisters, the love of God went so far for us that he humbled himself more than you, a mere creature and suffered more than you, mere creature, so that you could experience a love relationship with him. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be tried and tested and that might not even, and that it may seem at times that God is against you because you don't experience him even when you seek him in prayer. It seems he's not there. But what he calls us to do is to trust him unconditionally and to love him unconditionally so that through that trial, we will come forth refined and conformed to his image. And believe me, I'm going through some of the greatest trials in my life right now, which I don't care to get into. You know, first I lost my mother, which, you know, that wasn't hard because I know she's in heaven. It was, you know, still you feel the loss of that. Then I got a whole massive area in my body hit with shingles, very large area around my shoulder and upper front breast area and partly down my arm and back and up to my neck. Although I didn't have the itch and the pain because I had a shot a while back, but it's still been very hard to get over. Now it's almost a month and all the scabs have fallen off and there's scars, but you know, it's still, I'm finding I have to, sleep way more and so on. And I feel an overall pain that's now greatly subsided compared to the times when I couldn't sleep at night for night after night and pain that it could hardly bear. Why would God do that to someone like me that's been seeking him for almost three hours, most of the time, three hours a day in prayer? God, it's hard to understand. But what we are learning through these things is that we are to trust him with unconditional love and faith, and he will bring us through assuredly as he brought Job through. Now I'm facing 
shocking financial crisis. Suddenly GIS changed what I was getting every month. So I'm getting almost $700 left and I was hardly making ends meet it as it is. But I'm about to finish my book and I'm about to sell a lot of my domain names. That's my only hope other than selling my place and getting my $55,000 back so I wipe out my credit debt. Sorry to share with you those things personally, but pray for me. That God will provide my needs and that he will open the doors. I'm not, you know, what I got into is lack of wisdom, but it was out of a pure heart. It was out of a pure heart. Because if I would have sought money and put money first and not spent all those hours in prayer, I would have made lots of money. I would have been probably a millionaire a long time ago. Because I know how to do things on the internet very effectively. I put other things first, and God knows that. But I used my credit card to do all my business, and somehow it just didn't work out because of Anyhow, that's that. I want to go on, and I want to share with you what I received from the Lord. In Deuteronomy 18, here we read this. There, and this is in verse 10, there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Then we skip down to verse 16. According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb, in the day the assembly of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Here we have God saying they've well spoken because they found it very difficult to stand before the very holy presence of God and hear the very voice of God like a piercing trumpet, piercing into the depths of their soul. It was causing the corruption in them to come forth so that it felt like they were going to die physically. I know that experience because I had one open vision in my life in 1975 where I saw the holiness of God. And when I continued to look on Christ, it seemed like I would die physically. I could not continue to look. I was dying. The corruption in me 
could not take it. I would, I would, it's impossible to continue to look at the holiness of God. It was entering right into my soul, into my spirit. And I had been praying for a long time. Lord, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you say that if we keep your commandments, you'll reveal the Son to us. So I want a revelation of Jesus, and then this happened. About two weeks or three weeks after continually praying like that, seeking God. And it really was a powerful thing that happened to me that delivered me from the condemnation of Satan and the condemnation of my own heart, and I'm not going to get into it here. But God is saying here that he is going to come into this world and communicate with his people. And so we had the hymn that we sung where there is that beautiful intimacy that we can experience with God through Jesus Christ, who is the mediator between us and the very holy, awesome presence of God in his fullness of glory in the Father. We are not those that are to shrink back in the day of trial. Like what I am experiencing now, it is easy to shrink back. It is easy to give up praying. It is easy to um, become offended that God would allow such things to happen when you've been pursuing them out of a heart of love. But he allowed it to happen to many others. All the patriarchs were tried with trials. Joseph put in prison, of whom it is said, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Jacob facing Esau, wrestling with the angel, and saw God face to face. What did he see? He saw that God was merciful because in that face was Esau that was not going to show him mercy, but then there was mercy in the face of God. Even though we deserve judgment, we can open our hearts up and come into an intimacy with God if we will just choose to acknowledge his love towards us and that he desires us to be married with him so that we can say, I love my master, I love my Lord, I will not go free. I would rather choose to be judged with the world, to go through the chastisements that God allows the righteous to go through, that we might not be condemned with the world. But know, right now, a relationship with him, that when the trials come upon this world, we will know a resting and a refreshing in the midst of some of the most severe trials. That doesn't mean that we won't experience suffering. Many, the vast majority of the church these days experiences severe persecution and suffering. But in it, God does bring his grace and his strength to endure what we couldn't in ourselves. And he's calling the church today to come into intimacy with him, to repent of the things that have caused them to turn from him and to shrink back from his love. 
Now, I did also receive other verses yesterday that I didn't preach on, which I might briefly just touch on, because the message is now almost beyond going further. I received on Friday Deuteronomy 21 and Jeremiah 4. Interesting that today I received Jeremiah 3 by the casting of Lot. But in Jeremiah 4, we read, And thou shalt swear, the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, in righteousness, and the nation shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the man of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. You see, we're like an uncircumcised heart that is enclosed in our own insular world. It's like the atoms, the electrons spinning around the nucleus of the atom, forming a hard shell. We're in our own little world. We're not abiding in him. It takes the negative and positive electricity to break that shell. The negative representing the integrity of God's love that will not tolerate sin and is severe on sin. The positive representing the mercy of God that will forgive us when we receive what he did on the cross for us and repent and embrace his love and choose to take up our cross and follow him. And the other passage I received on Friday was about the elders of the city, there's someone that they find out that's killed in the country. And God says this, when they find that person that was murdered by someone, and all the elders of that city that are next unto the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer that is beheaded in the valley, and they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen. Be merciful, O Lord, unto thy people Israel whom thou hast redeemed, and lay not innocent blood unto thy people of Israel's charge, and the blood shall be forgiven them. God is merciful, and he is asking us to cry out for his mercy and to turn back to him and to repent of the things that have made us insular and to circumcise our hearts before him by turning back to the genuine fear of God, which is first the recognition of his severity on sin in the negative symbol and in the positive symbol, the cross of God's great love that shows mercy and is able to forgive us. Brothers and sisters, he's calling us to buy of him the gold tried in the fire, to anoint our eyes with eyesalt, and to clothe ourselves with garments, lest we be found pure garments, lest we be found naked. This is the time. Turn to him with all your heart. I have a book which is called God Headship and Body Invasion, which you can get on the internet that shows what you can do in your congregation to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your congregation in these last days. We're living in a time of serious crisis. Wake up and become your the conquering bride church that God has called you to become. Thank you for listening to this message.